This week on Kettle of Fish, actor George Basil stops by to talk about getting wrecked again. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, guys, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show where we chat with actors, comedians, artists, scientists, musicians, magicians, models, and now even astronauts about life, love, and the creative process. I am your seafaring podcasting captain of the internet airwaves, Nick the Saucy One Capsaurus, broadcasting as always from Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my savage, my barbaric, my dangerous producer, the Jack to my piggy, the Katniss to my PETA, the General Zoroff to my Ivan, Dita producer. Hey, nice Hunger Games reference in there. I'm proud of you. And nice. Lord of the Flies, and yeah. the most dangerous game. I was trying, since the wreck theme this season was all about, like, hunting yes. other people, I was trying to keep it in that vein. Yes, I definitely caught that, too. Like, the first one, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. Love it. So, here we are. it's finally my season. It is. It's finally my season, yes. y'all. I get to wear my sweaters all day, every day. I don't have to worry about what I'm wearing underneath my sweater, because nobody ever sees my shirt. So I could be wearing a tank top every day of my life now, it's, and nobody knows because I'm wearing a sweater over top. I'm, I'm happy. So could I. <laughs> yeah, but I leave the house. Gotcha, got <laughs> That's right. I'm going to shut in now. I work from home, so I have no reason to leave the house. Yes. Um, We're going to do a real quick rundown here. We've got our daughter's birthday coming up next weekend, so things are pretty hectic around here on the tin can. Of course, Fern is not here still. Um, I can't imagine she'll be back this year with what she's going on with her family. But we love but her. we wanted to send some good vibes out to her. Yes. Lots of happy good vibes. And it, it is almost that season. So we're getting ready to have our first ever trampoline throwable paintball cotton candy party. It's going to be great. Our kids are so lucky, man, in so many ways. Yes. Like, comparable to my childhood, man. I'm so glad we could give our kids, like, a great... I mean, you didn't... Your childhood wasn't a picnic either, so I'm so glad we can give our kids, like, so many cool experiences. Because we took Adele on the road with us for, what, 12 days? And went around and did, like, a bunch. And now she's homeschooled, so every time we walk into a museum, it's like that school counter is ticking away. Like, she's gaining credit just for walking in a museum with us. Yeah, and I learned something very important on that trip as well. You two are the exact same human being. Just saying. Just one we of are. taller and has more hair. That's that's basically. Which one is that? Well, I mean, you're taller. So. Does she have more hair to me, though? She has longer hair. She, I don't know if she You has. have more hair. You have body hair. She does not. Anyway. Gotcha. Uh, yes. We are going to have all kinds of fun coming up. Uh, we are, of course, having our show with Mama Creepy on Thursday. Her new show is going to be debuting on Halloween. <laughs> Which is my probably second, no, I think Halloween, Halloween and Christmas, man. Like, I wait all year just for Halloween and Christmas. Everything else, I don't even care. Like, my birthday is a freaking holiday. I'm like, nah, okay, I want Halloween. Can I, can I put up the Halloween decorations now? Like, yeah. I'm we changed our anniversary from Vivian's birthday to April 1st when we moved in together. Yeah. And so I mean, we could change her birthday as well. There you go. 
my birthday will be on Halloween. That, that's what I will do. Um, we are going to have our super duper Halloween special with the dancing pumpkin himself, star of all great Halloween memes. Matt Geiler will be joining us along with strangling Jack. Chris Weidman will be joining us. Um, and if you didn't already get to see Evil Dead, the musical, sorry, he's not there anymore, but he, we're going to catch up with him and see. I think they shut down doing. production of that. I think they, I th- did. they went under the new management. I heard things got really fucked up and they yeah. had to shut it down. They just couldn't do it without him, you know, and he had Bruce Campbell's signature of approval and everything else. And so it's just sad, but we'll see what he's up to. And of course, our friend Mama Creepy is going to be joining us for that super cool episode. And next month on Musical Osmosis, we're going to have Haley Kane from Haley and the Crushers, which sounds Yay like it should be for a roller music. derby team. Like the crushers. Ah, we're gonna crush I love everything. doing music shows. Yes. All right, today we've got one of our pals on, Ooh. somebody who increasingly over the last year, since the first time I've talked to him, I've come to admire more and more, not just for the work he's producing, but for his life ethic. I need to be more like this guy, definitely. Yes. Let's get him in here, Mr. George Basil. George, what's happening? Hey. Hi, buddy. How's it going? Thanks for having me. You should be more like me. You should I all should. Be more like me. Man, if we could just live in a world where everyone was like George, I think mm-hmm. things would be a lot more fucking calm, at least. Because I'm ripping uh, my hair yeah, out nowadays. Wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, good to talk I to would, you again. I would be frustrated. <laughs> I went on your page today, and I know you don't use social media that much, but I went on your page yeah. today just if you had to see if you had any projects coming up that I may have missed. Yeah. And I want you to know you finally made it. Some random asshole spammer has put a Ray-Ban, I'm sure you haven't even seen this yet, a Ray-Ban ad on your page. And I always say, once the spammers think you're worthy enough to spam you with Ray-Ban ads, wow. you've made it. Yeah, yes. so, yes. No kidding. That's on Facebook. Yeah, on your Facebook page, now there's like, big Ray-Ban sale, da-da-da, check this out. Yeah, like, you're tagged in it. Awesome. Oh, that's so strange. So you've made uh, it. I, I... I think I turned that off. Yeah, you're still up on Facebook. Get out. Facebook tricks you, though, because if you have other things you log into with your Facebook account, it'll reactivate your Facebook without your permission. Yeah, every time. Uh, I know, right? So all you have to do is log in, and then they're just like, you've been essentially reactivated in your... Then you're back. Dirty scoundrels. Yeah, because I have games that I yeah, I had games and like Instagram and just other websites, all kinds of stuff where, because I'm, I'm lazy. I like to log in with Facebook. It's easier than typing in new information for everything. And so like I went to, I don't know, BuzzFeed and hit login with Facebook so I could see something cool and shit, I'm back on Facebook. Damn it. Just when yep. I think I'm out there. Yeah, Zuckerberg is turning into in. Lawnmower yes. Man. Like pretty soon we're all going to have like, and speaking of which, um, for my birthday, I got a VR, one of those virtual reality headsets and D got me a really good one, this Oculus headset. And I put it on and it has a menu. And as soon as you go on that menu, the first thing you can get VR is Facebook. And I'm like, I don't want to look at Facebook in 2D. Why the fuck would I want to look at Facebook in virtual Uh, reality? Yep. That's so strange. What, what's the point? I guess, the more they can burn that little F, that little blue F <laughs> on that lowercase yep, form. Pretty much. That font is in the back of our eyes, then <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter what the hell they're doing with it. 
Yeah, they could go and like take a picture of your retina, like the last image you've seen. It'll be that little Facebook font. <laughs> yeah. Zuckerberg's got his fingers in everything. All right, let's talk some Wrecked, because I just finished watching season three. They just did the, a double episode for the season finale. And man, I got to yeah. tell you, I love what they've done to Chet. He is a total badass now. It's almost as oh, if now are. you're going to have to change your nickname with us from Clown Dick to Rambo Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I would gladly. Or a combination of the two. Oh, nice. Uh, I would gladly, yeah. It that was really cool, man. That was a fun turn to to have happen, where you know he disappears, and you can only imagine the kind of weird stuff that he goes through, and then uh, he comes back and just loses it. It was fun to be violent, you know. Yeah, and I love. Okay, so I love everything about Rex. You know this. I've ha- also had awesome on the show because I dig the show so yeah. much. When Chet takes a turn like that. Do you have any input on where that character's going? Or do the writers just come up and go, this is the way it is? Or do they ask you, hey, no. do you mind if Chet goes over here? Yeah, they don't ask. They have a really lovely vision, and the Shipley's do a good job writing it, and their staff, of uh, the, the writers, do a great job making it funny. And those turns come totally from that brain trust. But then in terms of, like, my influence on it, I can only do it the way that I want to do it. So I don't necessarily care whatever, you know, be it the director or whoever else that wants to come up and have an influence on it. That's always accepted and generously so, but um, I'm only going to do it the way that I, I see it happening, right? So Makes sense. Was that an easy transition for you, do you think? Because it seemed like a natural place for Chet to go. Yeah, hell yeah. It was easy because he's otherwise a, a pretty sort of senseless uh, dum-dum, you know, or like version of a dum-dum. So making, filling that void of intellect with uh, with a crazy, aggressive, violent streak was, yeah, it fit, it fit pretty easily. Right nice. on. So we had you on last year, right after season two, and you gave us a heads mm-hmm. up of what might be coming down the pike. Here we are at the end of season three. Do you know if you've been picked up for a fourth season? And if so, do you have any idea where this is going? Yeah. The, I mean, the, the first question answers it all. They don't know yet. And that that that's when you really know what direction things will start going in. Cause that like hunger Games situation for this third season, I thought was pretty brilliant. Like that. Yeah. And you knew about that before season three, last time we spoke. So I thought maybe you'd have an idea where it's going now. Did I give that away last time? Did I spoil it? You said it might be going in a more hunger game type situation. You gave away very little, but you alluded to very, very little. You kind of you wow. kind of hinted that's, at it, but we still had no idea. Yeah. That was awesome, for sure, for sure. That's why they fi- they find me an entire episode check just because I didn't know why that was it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, it's actually a good thing because we've had we had you on the show last year and we talked about how much your career would blew up in 2017, and here you are, 2018, yeah. calling in right around the same time of year, and it is still exploding. Where kettle of fish is your good luck charm. I know, man. Go. I need you guys. I want you to not. I don't want you to leave Tennessee. I want you to come here once, once every few months, and give me my, <laughs> give me my job. 
you Maybe go. do uh, some voodoo stuff, wave some incense at you. The good juju. Yeah. <laughs> bring, bring some smoky mountain weirdness up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meth, meth magic. Meth That's magic. my favorite kind yes. of magic is meth magic. So oh, on yeah. rec, do you ever see this episode or the series rather ending in an episode where everybody makes it home and it kind of lives up to Danny's vision that he had during this past season. Do you guys, do you think the Shipleys have a final episode written in their head? Uh, in their head? Wow, that's a good question. I don't, um, I wonder. I bet you they don't. I feel like those kids go, they definitely um, sort of write it and then I think they're fans of the show too, and all the actors in it that are that are you know in these roles doing a great job. That that kind of informs them on where they're going to go as well. They're really open guys, so I, I'm sure they started with that in their minds, but uh, that has most likely changed. I would bet. Um, I don't know what direction, like Hunger Games. But then it's now they're isolated again and abandoned again. And you have to think they have kind of now they have resources, right? Right. Uh, whatever's been left on that little island and, and the exploration of that little island. So it'll be interesting, man. Yeah, I'm excited to up, see where it goes. I wonder if it'll end up kind of like a Swiss Family Robinson thing going on or like mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island ish. Gilligan Island meets Lord of the Flies. Right? I wonder if it'll kind of lean that way a little bit next season. That would be cool. Like, I could totally see them trying to... I don't know, but then it's like, well, what's the big, like, thing going to be? What's the giant catalyst for them to do something new? I don't know. It's just... I love that they take into account what the fans liked and didn't like, and maybe some, you know, fan ideas even, maybe. Um, Because then... Like the the whole show is very dynamic and it just kind of grows and evolves and that's that's a really cool way to do but it. Do you I know, know how I am though? What right? The, we had Meryl on here from um, the Good Place and I was like during the second season, where could this show go? And here we already ended, you know, into the I think they're into season four, maybe three. three. And I'm like, okay, they've got endless amounts of material. Oh. And I kind of first thought the thing about Wrecked, like. You know, they go from the island to a cruise now ship what? to another yeah. island. Now what? But, I mean, these guys will figure it out, right? These You could run this 10 seasons with the brilliant minds of the Shipley behind it. Probably. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I feel like they they can they can do uh, pretty much anything they want. They don't have to adhere to, to one thematic format or anything because like you have a huge cast you can absolutely uh explore all kinds of different weird stuff like you said the swiss family Family robinson situation where potentially uh everyone just finds their roles and settles in and you know finds other like inner challenges that that sort of come out would totally work like they're There'd be nothing strange or upsetting or disappointing from a fan's yeah. perspective, I don't think. Yeah. Well, well, I'm hoping uh, to see it back next year on TBS. I have a feeling it'll be back, though. Yeah, I do too, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I think people like the show, and um, it's a fun one. 
right, well, let's talk about the millions of other things you have got going on, because I had said, you know, a few minutes ago, 2018 is just as amazing for George Basil as 2017. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, man, I know you have a love of indie projects, and I just recently saw you on that web series Carpool, and I was looking at your IMDb, and you've got some other shorts like Six Pack and Hot Water and stuff coming up. You have so many big projects that take you to like Fiji to go do wreck and things like that. Where are you even yeah. finding the time to do these shorts and these indie web series type things? I mean, I, if I'm home, meaning like here in California, um, it's really important to, to, to ground out in a lot of different ways. I think we talked about it last time where it was like, I have to garden. I have to, I have to sort of work on my house. I have to fix little things that bug me or, or whatever, just as that, that human, uh, organizational, like, uh, you know, the evolution of just like finding yourself not comfortable, but, but right. You want the shit around you to be right. One of those things for me is the friendships that I have that I get to collaborate with. So I just did one the other day that was like 14 hours. Wow. With a friend in a small, yeah, small confined space, fucking smoke machines, which always, without fail, because I sometimes smoke cigarettes because I'm a fucking loser. But, uh, <laughs> same. For some, yeah, it sucks. For some reason, those smoke machines, those fog machines, whatever that shit is, they're burning, like, will, I will have a pounding headache, uh, within 45 minutes to an hour of, of breathing that shit. But, you're still there. You find yourself there. You find yourself sacrificing because, and you find yourself doing it for free because like, I don't know, man, that, that uphill feeling of, uh, of like, man, this isn't what I'm used to. I am used to like a trailer. I do have these, <laughs> these, uh, so it keeps you grounded in a way. Yeah. Amongst other things, that is one of the things that keeps me grounded. Totally. Yeah. Are you doing it more so because you love the indie world and you want to stay there? Or are you doing it just to keep these friendships thriving? Because you realize if you're on set, you know, working with people, that's just going to be another way to like kind of cement the friendship. Yeah. I, at this point now it's, it's kind of changed a little bit where, um, it's, some of these situations I'm actually able to help because there's a, a small level of notoriety so that, you know, some of these people can actually like the carpool series that you mentioned, there's those two ladies are hilarious. They're great. And on their own, they are spectacular as actors and comedians. And that series is fun, but you, you still, they, they have to make an effort to reach out to people that are like, ah, I'm on a TV show. And so there's that, small chance that you can actually tap into someone's viewership or whatever and then um, get more viewers for your thing because that's what it's all about it's just like exposure is so hard in a, such a heavily saturated yes. online thing you know exactly and we've noticed that a lot on even when we're podcasting like we had fred schneider on a couple months ago and mm-hmm. like i'm yeah. still like i'll talk to a friend of mine and i was like oh yeah you know we we had Fred Schneider on da, 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 and they're like what and I'm like you're on my Facebook yeah. you know me personally how do you not know this like <laughs> like that's one of your you know you love him more than life how do you not 
like, but it's, How you're right because there's just out? so much content that it, it can be really hard to kind of break through that. And, you know, it used to be like, you could just stand somewhere and yell across the mall and they'd hear you. And now it's like, everybody is. So it's it's harder to to be seen or be heard, no matter how amazing and amen to that the project might be, and so I think that's good that you you know sometimes they can help you, sometimes you can help them. I mean that might really yeah. give somebody what they need to kind of move up and you know be seen and have their projects really noticed, you know, or discovered yeah. by their fan base. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah I, I love doing it, and I, I'll I'll never I'll never stop. And it's also uh, it would be just so absurd to assume that these great jobs that I'm lucky enough to have, where they're big budget films, like you were saying, and big stuff. But why would I ever think that that is where the concentration of the most talented, most visionary, most fun, most collaborative people would be? That's ridiculous. Like right. That's that's so short sighted to th to think that the thing that pays you the most or whatever is what's most fulfilling creatively, like uh, it's, you know, not. How but that kind of goes back to what I was saying in the pre-show. Like one of the reasons that I admire you more and more as I kind of dig in and I listened to a couple different interviews this past week with you is because you're a guy who seems to have it figured out, right? I mean, you're vegan, you're living healthy, you're not on social media hardly at all. So I know you're more present in life and you're more like interacting with people. I know you with, you know, with TBS and HBO, I know you're probably doing fine financially, but you're not bogged down with status. You're not fucking getting sucked into this capitalist like sinkhole. And you're not on yeah. Facebook like I am fighting politics 24-7. Like for somebody as centered and kind of like connected with the world as you are, you must think America has gone fucking insane at this point. Because I sure do. I I think it's been insane for a long time, Nick. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was in Austin, Texas for six years where I remember going to an event, a speaking event of a recently like released political prisoner, white dude um, that was put in jail for like uh, firebombing a, a white supremacist house in Texas, oh, shit. in rural Texas. Yeah. Wow. And they got him caught and uh, they threw his ass in jail and he stuck through it for like 12 years and it was brutal. And this guy had just been released and he wanted to come into Austin and speak to some of the activist community there. And I just remember, first of all, being so surprised at like, what? this is white supremacy. Like you're f fucking joking, right? That that's a thing that those like skinheads exist. And yeah, it's here and it's been here and it hasn't gone anywhere. And like people have been fighting it as hard as they can without much media exposure or whatever else for fucking ever. That's just how it's been. So I know that this place has been uh, so ass backwards in so many ways for a long time from the prison system to the, to the top of the, you know, the dangling head of the president, whatever that is. So, <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, sure. let me give you my it. little bullshit analogy here. So when I get stressed out, I'll go and sit out back on our 
back picnic table and I'll watch the chickens. We've now we've got about yeah. 14, 15 chickens. And I watch them in their little society in this coop. And really everything, I'm a compliance analyst by trade, so I just spot patterns for a living. So everything's all these little systems that I'm watching. So we have this first batch of chickens when we first got them, like eight chickens. Two of the chickens consistently get out of the coop. The smallest one, who's always getting his ass kicked, and the biggest one, who's a complete prick and is always kicking the ass. The other six Uh stay in the coop. They have no recognition of the outside world. They, they're just eating their feed and scratching around. And the other two are just yeah. kind of in the yard. I watched their motivation. And I can almost tell the small chicken is like, dude, I got to get out of this pen. I keep getting fucked with. And a big chicken is yeah. like, I'm bored. I need to find other things to fuck with. And that system worked. Yeah. Then about a year later, we got another batch of chickens. We raised them in the house. So they got chicken age, put them in the coop. Another eight chickens. Those chickens figured out how to get out of the coop. And they dug like a little hole out of the coop. And then all the chickens followed. And no matter how many times we put all the chickens back in the coop, how no much how many how much netting we put on the top of the coop, these fucking chickens get out. And they're running amok. They're in the neighbor's garden, pissing the neighbors off. Yeah, they're all assholes. on the front porch. Oh the no, other day, the yeah. newest one is that one of them my daughter was getting ready for work, so she had her car windows down to kind of air it out a little bit, and the littlest one jumped in her car, or in our car, thinking that it was going to go somewhere. Little fucking chicken. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm talking about. The other day, we were standing on the porch, a chicken had been missing two weeks, comes walking down our road like it just got back from spring break. Yeah. They're everywhere. It's fucking pandemonium. <laughs> and so to put it in political terms, in my mind... The six chickens that were left in the pen were the most average chickens. The big chicken got out to dominate. The little chicken got out to escape. So it's like, okay, the little chicken is the left-wing chicken. It's out there trying to find something better, trying to do activism. The big prick chicken is like this right-wing, alt-right fucking bro trying to dominate things. But now that all the chickens are out, it's like, man, I used to bitch that people weren't involved enough in politics. I feel like now I wanted to go back when the average person <laughs> didn't know how yeah, many branches of government there was. Because yeah. how do you get the chickens back in the fucking coop? Because now everybody's running around just digging in the gardens and going insane. Yep, I think it's the very beginning, I think, of the chickens finally looking at each other and just being like, oh, shit, guys, guys, hold on. We're all chickens. And that asshole up there sitting on his porch is doing whatever he wants to us. You think they're going to go animal farm on me, Georgia? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bro. I think they're coming for you next. No, I feel like they will. Not that you mistreat the chickens, but like uh, to to stay with the analogy, like I think this is the beginning of people actually seeing through because bros are fucking garbage. Yeah. Lefty, super lefty fucking garbage there right, is yes. no side there is no difference we have i feel like we have totally bought into that fabricated idea of like but most of us want this but a lot of us also want this and this is what's right versus this is what's religious or whatever in the end i i honestly truly believe that there's like a, a very 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 deep seed of pure truth that we can all tap into i don't know what it is i don't know if we'll find it soon but uh at some point i think we'll all look at each other and just be like rad we're all the same stupid species maybe that's what it'll take man maybe it's going to take that that uh introduction into 
something that none of us have ever seen before. Like a right. fucking weird alien coming down. You know? Well, something dramatic's going to have to happen, right? To get those chickens back in the coop. Yeah. I mean, something's going to yeah, have yeah. to happen because it can't just be chaos like it's been. And people not talking to each other. I mean, I got into this. I got into the entertainment world in a strange way because I started as an activist and I started with a political panel show called The Ignorance Equation. But things Mm -hmm. around the election, I mean, I did it for three years and then entered the election and things got so heated. Like I wasn't debating issues anymore. I was debating realities. Like I was talking to people and they were saying like this weird flat earther stuff. That I couldn't yeah. argue because I can't prove the world's fucking around. I can't prove anybody you meet from Australia is not a crisis actor. I don't have a way to disprove yeah. a negative. So, like, I just had to get out. And by that point, I knew enough people in the industry to shift my focus to something lighter. But I had to get out of it because there was nowhere left for me to go. I was just totally walled in by the extremists on both sides. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a strange, what a strange, like feeling and yeah i totally get what you what you were saying about like everyone sort of coming out and being politicized or having now like a political ideal because it like i'm saying it's not fucking new none of this shit is new there have been weird hate groups there have been there has been more violence against unarmed black men and women and everything else by police forever and my dad was a cop i love a cop <laughs> as my father you know what i mean i i i have that as the person that i've always looked up to uh and we can't have a dialogue about it so there's there's so much shit that seems to be coming to the surface but the reason it stinks so much is because it's been under the surface for so long so this is all mm-hmm. fermented human squabbling that's like you know finally getting burped up and i think it's really just the beginning of course something has to happen of course it has to be it's going to be dramatic and weird but it's going to take a fucking while it's going to be drawn out it's going to be a lot of like unfortunately i in my opinion it's going to be pretty violent and it's going to suck but um you know smoke weed and, that, and that's, yes. but that's the positive though, right? I feel like you're looking at it and saying, look, this is the growing pain. This is where we are in the yeah. fucking, I'm doing air quotes here, the empire. And we're going to have uh-huh. to go through this. But because everybody now is realizing that the whole system is sick, that we're going to yep. come out the other side even better off. There you go. Yeah. I like this system has had the same whooping cough for fucking a hundred years i'm not for more like we are we aren't governing this country based off of a morality or or you know ethical system that is even agreeable you can't it's it's so like shaded with bullshit it's a it's more or less in my opinion like a police state and they're just like the 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 government no shit i don't know it's gonna get just gonna go off the rails again guys we did this last time it happens i I can't ever help it though man because i want to talk i'm interested (laughs) in people and i'm interested in people with different takes and me and you vary on some issues of how we look at things but i'm starting to come around to maybe i need to look at this shit more holistically if that's the correct term like george does 
Because while I'm sitting here like, oh, my God, like I put up a joke the other day. Like, did you see what went down in the Kanye West wing, this episode of the Kanye West wing? What a great kickoff (laughs) to the final season of fucking planet Earth. While I'm outraged (laughs) by it, you're looking so far beyond it. Like, dude, we have to go through this dramatic shift to get to the next step of evolution. Our spiritual evolution. Exactly. I think like every stumble will result in either a fall, which you must because fucking gravity or, or like a catch, like we'll catch ourselves and we'll get up. And hopefully the end result of that is no matter what, as we stumble around, we're actually picking each other up and not looking at like, Oh, you're a weird black person that I don't, I'm not exposed to black people. I don't understand you. I can't help you. Instead. It's just like, get up here. Here's my hand. Get up. Let's keep going. Right Let's get on. Through whatever weird government bullshit is happening, man, because in the end, at the end of every single day, they are not here for us. They are here for themselves. Could not agree more. All right. Well, let's yeah. shift gears here so we're not making this a total political episode. <laughs> we have a lot in common. We're both from Maryland. I'm from Southern Maryland, the D.C. Yeah. side of the corridor. You're from Baltimore. Hell yeah. Both of our we're families are from Greece. My family's from Noxus. I didn't know mm-hmm. this until I read up on you recently. I didn't know your family left when you were 19 to go back to Greece, and that's how you ended up in Texas. Yeah, totally. They, um, my dad got a job. He was a, a worked for the U.S. State Department, and he got a job that stationed him in Greece. And so it was awesome. It worked out great. My mom was stoked uh and she wasn't stoked because she knew i I wasn't coming i was gonna you know stick around and be a fucking teenager but um so she was a little worried about that but she was stoked to go back to the country where her sister was and all the you know extended family and uh yeah I, i i regret i think or at least i think about having regret of not moving to Europe when I was 19 and instead going to Austin. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a weird cultural shift, right? That you chose Austin, which um, especially back then had to be far more constrictive than it is now in some ways culturally. And then going over to Greece, which I know Greece is a lot more free spirited. I mean, they take a nap at like they all go home and take a nap at noon until two o'clock yeah. so they can <laughs> yeah. drink all night. Totally. It's exactly. They're just like saving up energy for drinks. Right. Uh, I think maybe yeah, I'm Greek I and I just I, don't know it because I would totally do that. Yeah. <laughs> I would make you an honorary Greek. Key. There you so go. let's talk about your parents. Like, are they still over there? Have you been over there? How did they feel about your career here in the States since you were 19? Yeah, they were they were worried for a bit because I had trouble with like, you know, this school structure and authority and stuff. And so. Um, I think they were a little worried that I would just sort of fall off the edge of uh, being a kid and partying. But they were cool with it. I mean, until about four years ago, until like this whole thing started where I was actually able to make a living doing only acting. Um, my mom was like, you have to go to college. I don't know what you're doing. You, you have to finish college because that's not an opportunity that she had being raised in Greece. It's actually the reason that, you know, they would immigrate to Greece and, uh, in the first place. So 
the fact that I wasn't doing that, I think was a real hard pill to swallow. But then, you know, she's actually here visiting me now from Greece and, uh, I'm just we're cruising around LA. We're in the garment district, like looking at stuff and all this, all this cool shit that, uh, I'm so happy to be able to give her. And so the college stuff has gone away. She's like able to see like, all right, you're not a total fuck up and people actually want you to act. So <laughs> And more importantly, from knowing you as you know, with the little bit that I do, you're a good father. You've got your shit yeah. together. I think you've got a focal point that is that that is very driven. I mean, you're laser focused on things that you want, obviously, or you wouldn't have been able to make them work. So, I mean, there's so much more beyond, like, how many units do you move or how much money do you make? And I, like right. I said, I think you're somebody who has that nailed to where I'm transitioning right now to – I look at my DVD collection, and I've got uh, almost a 1,000 DVDs. And I stopped buying them a while ago. But even when I look at my yeah. DVD collection, I'm like, this is sick. Why do I have all this shit? We have a house full <laughs> of shit that I don't even fucking yeah. look at. I've got, like, 300 – VHS downstairs that are useless to me. Why don't I just put yeah. them in a box and take them to Goodwill? I don't understand why I'm hanging on to all this shit. But I think I've been programmed. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Programmed to like compile and to like stack Collect and to hold on to. And yes. Fuck yeah. The consumption thing. Like Jesus Christ, we're just. That's why they call us consumers because we fucking yeah. consume. And and it's across so many different, like, it's it's food. We're over-consuming food in a way that's, like, completely irresponsible to the entire planet. We over-consume, like, it's fucking everything. We just do it because it, it I feel like the, the serotonin of, uh, of a transaction keeps us, it's the furthest, like, mental spike from death. It's, it's, it is the easiest way to not think about our mortality is to go buy something for a dollar and be like, fuck yeah, I own this for 99 cents and I underpaid and I kind of won. And here I go. Now I'm taking it home to where all my other shit is and I'm going to have it forever because I'm never going to die. <laughs> yeah. And I get through those phases too. D you remember when I got really pissed off at everything going on in the Trump administration, I said, dude, I'm opting out of fucking consumerism. That's my rebel. I'm not buying any more yeah. shit. That's how I'm going to fucking rebel because I obviously yeah. having conversations doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, right. it's no, got to rebel somehow, yeah. you know? So it's like, okay, well, let's that's just get rid of the shit. Mm -hmm. But I think the yeah, problem is, I think the problem is, is you have people who have two different visions of the future, right? You have people who have this harmonious type of Star Trek vision where money doesn't even exist and we all just achieve to our highest potential because we want to. And then you have the assholes who have this walking dead vision where it's like post-apocalyptic. I got my gun and I'll take anything I want from the week with my gun. And I think these are the competing right. forces we have right now. They're fucking things up so bad. Yeah. For sure. I'd agree. But it, like... Like we were saying uh, a second ago about lefty versus alt-right versus versus versus. It's like, we ain't versus. There is no versus us. Us versus us is fucking stupid. It doesn't work in any of the communities. Like, like I'm not saying that there should be one global mentality. That's, not, that's like a weird way to think of it. But uh, there's got to be a root 
a root, like a thread that we can all exist on. And we can like under consuming, what would that do? You know, yes, would we all beautiful. Sort of, what would that do? It would fucking have a major effect mentally and, and uh, consciously. It would restructure the economy somehow. for the better. Fuck I yeah. think. It would, you know, I, I mean, it would hurt at first, but it would, but it would restructure it. And anytime I see these alt-right assholes on here talking about civil war, I want a civil war. I always ask them, my brother knows nothing of politics. He doesn't vote. He can't name the three yeah. branches of government. He doesn't know who the fuck Paul Ryan is. Who kills him? Yeah. <laughs> the Trump dude or the fucking Hillary dude? Like the Amish. Who takes out the Amish in a civil war? Who rolls up into Amish country and starts killing those motherfuckers? Like if you've yeah. got some hardcore Trump dude sitting in a church, are they more likely do they team up with the Trump dude who's also a homosexual? And you know, or they team up against like the Trump dude who is an atheist? Like, where did it, where would they draw all these lines at if there was a civil war? I was like, this is in North versus South or Redcoats versus Bluecoats. There are so many flavors of people. How would you have, and I'm yeah. like, dude, how would you have a civil war? Who would kill, who would you kill in this situation, that situation? And they, you know, they usually just call me libtard and block me, but it's a serious right. question. Like, I'm making a joke, who would kill the Amish? But honestly, like, if you're looking at systems, who would kill the Amish in a civil war? Like, it's dumb yeah. to even talk did, about. Yeah, they're making broad, violent, fucking aggressive, de like, declarations because they're whatever. They're just, they're looking for, for that argument. But you're totally right. You are pointing out, like, okay, cool, I get it. You want to shoot people because you're a fucking idiot. But uh, how do you make this acute distinction? Like, how do you make this very detail like who are you going to kill in this situation uh and i feel like that probably introduces a little bit of humanity to the to their silly claims and yeah so they're not gonna really have an answer for that because no one wants to kill anybody they yeah really don't. absolutely they don't. They, i i believe that they, too yeah. most people no one wants to hurt anybody period they're just yeah, blowing off uh, steam, but they're just being too, like, I'm always, like, bite into a Slim Jim Macho Man. I know. You're going to, like, <laughs> it just gets so, it fucking gets so grinding on me because you talk to these dudes, and sometimes they'll drag you down. I was just in Pittsburgh. I'm, I was doing, I worked for William Sanderson. I handle his social media, and I went out there to film some stuff with him, and I hit a couple other spots on this little tour I did through Pennsylvania, and, but I'm in Tennessee most of the time. And some dude in Pennsylvania was like, why don't you fight me? Why don't you fight me? We we're talking about Nike. And I said, well, you're in luck, dude. Yeah. I said, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh in two days. I said, I will do it as long as you meet me in a ring so you can't sue me, shoot me, or call the police on me. And you let me film yeah. it for my YouTube channel. Because I think it would be hilarious. Yeah. Two dudes boxing yeah. over a fucking Facebook <laughs> opinion. And he was yeah. all badass until it got real. And he's like, I'm not going to fight you. That's stupid. And I was like, dude, it was your suggestion. And I said, I'm opting out. I said, it, speech means nothing on Facebook because you could just say anything yeah. and there's no accountability. So why am I burning time? I'm on vacation, a working vacation, but I'm on vacation. Why am I talking to some asshole on Facebook? I need to be more like George. Yeah. Who you don't even know your Facebook is active right now, which is an amazing thing. I thought I had deactivated. <laughs> I got to check now again. So now I have to log back on. It's going to take another month for me to fucking unlock. Uh, no, but the, it's why the, the internet and the anonymity within it and everything and like the weird sneakiness, it's why it's the perfect 
breeding ground. Like we don't use it as humans. I don't think we use it the way we should, right? Where like we could be communicating constantly and updating all kinds of like very important information about what's going on in your community, what's going on nationally, all that shit we could use the internet for. And instead, we just slime around on it. We yep. jerk off on it. Or Which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like, are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we click on little shit that reminds us about whatever and like jokes and stuff, which are cool. Like you can't knock a, you know, funny banger. I'm all know, for dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, I love an internet dick joke. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's um let's shift gears one more time because we gotta get out of here. I want to talk about crashing before I let you go. I have to imagine the show's a huge success. It's coming back for a third season, right? Yeah, it's coming back for a third season for sure. We finished that, uh, yeah, over the summer. Um, I'm insanely excited for it. And uh, a lot of this third season is uh, Jack and I, played by Lauren Lapkus. So we're still a couple, and we're rolling around and being like super supportive of Pete, who's coming along in his um, stand-up career, and he's progressing nicely. Uh, and it's just a blast, man. Judd did the finale this year, so you got that, and that's massive. He didn't get... He wasn't around last season to direct an episode, so the fact that you got him on that set, um, it just, like, it, it lightens things, which is weird, because you would think... You know, you've got the visionary on set. You're going to be more this or more that or nervous. But it's re it really doesn't. It does the opposite. It's like everybody is elevated and keyed in, like hyper-focused. And we know that what he wants, we want to give him, you know. Well, another thing is, too, is when I watched last season, I wrote you and I was like, man, dude, that episode with you and Pete is my favorite episode of the season. And I love things that are yeah. character driven. And I just really I don't know if you do you go back and watch these episodes? Because I know I've read an interview with you where you said you don't even watch television. I don't watch anything. I'm uh, pretty even more disconnected from that than social media because I'll still get on Instagram and, you know, show my daughter and stuff pictures and we'll post stuff together or whatever. But um, television, I, I, when I moved to Austin, Texas, it was the last time I'd owned one in the sense that like it had cable and it had this and it had that. Now I have one for video games or Netflix, but it's all movies, man. I just go, to the movies there's a theater here in pasadena called the lamley um and it's just what i was doing in austin it was like i'd go to the dobie theater on campus and there was just like little indie theaters where you're gonna see some shit that is from you know iceland or you're gonna see some russian film that you're just like this is fucking horrible but it's so it's like it's pretty or it's you know uh this or that and sometimes you're really impressed but cinema is the only thing that uh, I will go to. And I rarely watch it in my house. Like, my house just doesn't, unless it's my daughter watching something, it doesn't have something on. I won't sit down, watch a show, or watch a movie. So it's more about the experience the of going to the theater. Yeah. Me. Yeah, totally. It, it's got to, it's usually got to have that. 
component. Now that said, I do at some point, like my agents will send me a, an audition, for example, and if for a show, they know I haven't seen it. So they'll have a few links at the bottom for reference. So I'll have to watch little reference links, which is what I've essentially tried to, uh, to use for like shows for, so for crashing, uh, I watched some of that second episode from season two to get ready for an, for a scene in season three. Just, it's just about, and I did the same for Rex. It's just about like hearing that voice, hearing whatever the fuck I was doing and then being like, Oh yeah, right. Okay, cool. Do you feel like you're overcritical of yourself when you watch, you have to do this research and watch an episode of Rector crashing? Are you like, fuck, I wish I would have did that different. Or are you like, man, I fucking nailed it. Dude, overcritical is an understatement. <laughs> it's, it's harsh, man. It's like, uh, it's, uh, it's not constructive. It's not even realistic. It's just <laughs> bad. Yeah. It's bad. It's, and I think it's, because like the, the improv life that I got to enjoy for so many years and still do like, um, it's there, you put it out, people either laugh, cry, or take a shit on it. And then it's done. Like you, the, the sand blows off of the mandala or whatever the fuck it's called, you know? Uh, it's, it's finished. It's lived its life and you got to be a part of it and it's fucking done. But, if I can rewatch it, I'm going to hate not seeing me discovering whatever it was we shot. So That's how did your career get here then? Why didn't you just go into theater and just live off the energy of those live accolades night after night instead of going into a place where you could go back and watch yourself? And I mean, because I'm overcritical too. I'll crawl into an emo hole after one bad episode. Yeah. So I totally fucking get uh, it. No. Why? So why didn't your trajectory <laughs> go to like, hey, I'm just going to do theater and live in that moment? Yeah. Um, I think that's an easy question to answer. That's too hard, Nick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's so TV man. was your escape plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. TV was I mean, when I had Lou, um, I was I was forced to monetize this create this creative decision. So I was, you know, working at the Apple Store and hating it, and just being like, I gotta fucking figure this out. And my friend Marcy reached out and was like, Hey, there's this class, the commercial audition class, and you can potentially meet an agent at the end of it, and this and that. So there I was. I signed up immediately. It was totally brought to my doorstep so it's not even like i researched it and was like how am i gonna do this it was just accepting whatever was coming that one worked out the agent signed me i booked like a tiny regional spot a month later then that just you know snowballed into other stuff and that was it so you so, had a great support system then yeah in terms of like friends yeah yeah, well, that was uh, being in a, in a comedy community in New York. That's definitely one of the one of the big uh, bonuses. Is for the most part, everybody's watching each other's backs. You know, you get that jealous strain, but that's fucking in everything, man. That's in every facet of life. That's now. That's yeah, I'm always. sure plumbers are fighting it out too, right, for the sweetest plumbing contract. 
That's exactly. just that human yeah. nature pack, like the the whole pack mentality. Um, Flaked, is that yeah. coming back? Because that's another show, man, that just broke a lot of boundaries in my mind. Will Arnett is, oh, man, what I would love to sit down with Will Arnett and pick that guy's fucking brain for a half hour. Will, I mean, that yeah, is just yeah, another amazing you'd show. You'd fall in love, dude. You'd fall in love. Thanks. I'm glad you like it. He's just one of the sweetest, most charismatic dudes. And that voice will just, like, get you wet. Yes, it is <laughs> butter. It is verbal butter, man. Goddamn right, it is. Yep. It's, and he has such a calm great. presence. I mean, Arrested Development cool was the first shit. time he popped on my radar, yeah. and it is like that is a dude. And I'm not going to get too philosophical here, but that is a dude. It seems like things happen around him, and he lives in that happening. He's not somebody like orchestrating everything going on. He is living in that happening, and you just yep. watch him with pleasure. Totally, totally, and it was that's that's a, a good way to to characterize how great it was to work on that show because also it was in Venice, so it was just like a, a cool drive to the West Side, basically going to the beach every day for work. Um, but yeah, he's just in it, and he's pleasant, and he's kind, and he's like all good with everything. But then at the at the, like in the same exact moment, he will jump on camera and be the most pro motherfucker there is he was, <laughs> I, I, i'm you know it's crazy like i yeah he he co-wrote it and stuff so it, it makes sense that he knows the words but still not to the extent that he knew them i was supposed to come in and do one scene in in the house of the the girl that i ended up with in season two and like um it was real, like, orchestrated. I had to walk in with Is him, that where you met Will, or did you know him before that? No, yeah, we met on Flake. Yeah, he casted cool. me. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. But, you know, you were all so insecure. I was just like, I thought he hated me. And I was like, oh, man, he's so sad with uh, the performance and all this other stuff. And it wasn't true. It was like how it was the, the easiest way to kick myself right in the nuts. But Flake is coming back or it's not? Or you have no fucking idea? Yeah, we don't know. I think uh, for the time being, it's, uh, there's no there's no plan for it to come back. But I think Netflix is weird in the way that it's like, because they own their own numbers and no one really knows them. You know, if they're like, hey, will Netflix, we got these numbers in over the, the last couple of years that the show's been off which means this or which means that. And if you and Mark Chappell want to, want to write another season, we would do it or whatever. I mean, I loved it. I love those dudes. I love the whole experience. I would love to come back as cooler because that's fun as hell. What do you feel like the difference is? Let me ask you this last thing and I'll get you out of here. Between working on a Netflix type platform, like a Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, as opposed to just a regular cable TBS channel, as opposed to what they call a premier cable channel like HBO or Cinemax, are are those worlds completely different as far as how they're ran and how how upper management deals with you? Or is it all just kind of in that same pocket of just producing comedy? Yeah, they're all they're all more or less the same. Um probably for different reasons in in the sense that like Netflix didn't have Netflix executives coming and checking in and blah 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 because they trust their talent, they trust Will Arnett, they trust their writers and producers. TBS 
same thing. Like they're not sniffing around and being like, Oh, we're coming to Fiji and we're going to make sure you're doing the right thing. It's like they trust their people. Uh, but they're also not Netflix. They're not CBS. Like none of these places are, are a big national network. Um, which I do think the, the networks probably are the ones that usually stick their noses in your butt and like look around and, and try to make sure you're, if you're not doing something wrong, you're not doing something right. Would you turn down uh, network television though? Because it is kind of like somebody's up your ass, like trying to micromanage you and you don't roll like that. Dude, I don't leave food on the table. <laughs> I, I eat. I eat and I'll go home and throw it back up and feed my dog. <laughs> oh, George is like a little bird <laughs> flying back to the nest. I think that's a great place to end, George. We've been going on an hour now. Um, tell everybody awesome. where they can find you, what you've got coming up. I, I was looking at your IMDb and Jesus, man, you have so much in post-production. What do you have coming up? Yeah. Where's everybody going to see you? So season three of uh, Crashing will be on HBO, and I think it'll air in January. I'm super excited about that. Um, in other news, nothing. I don't know. George William Basil is my Instagram. That's pictures of me sometimes without a shirt. Um, well, I'm hopping <laughs> over there right ladies. now. <laughs> there you go, girl. Um, other than that, I just wrote directly to my first short, and uh, that's going to festivals it's called tiny little life and my daughter's in it and she's phenomenal and um yeah i'll send it to you guys and take a look i'd love to hear hear your thoughts yes please please email it to me let me dig in on that real quick man working with your daughter does that change the dynamic of the daughter daddy relationship or is it all fun all the time yeah it, it it didn't change the dynamic permanently but the days on set it was just a quick little two or three day shoot and like it, you know i'm trying to direct and be in it and when you're talking to your kid and you're like hey Lou, that was great let's do it again uh you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that differently they're already you're just parenting you're not a director <laughs> you're dad and so you get the same sort of reaction of like okay yeah sure okay dad fine let's just you know hurry like let's get it done and it's like you can't talk to me like that i'm your director (laughs) (laughs) that's gotta be uh, so fucking weird it was weird dude it was so weird but she's the the weirdest part about it is that i was sitting there learning about acting from a 10 year old girl that was my daughter like it was Dude, I will take uh, knowledge from anywhere. Ten-year-olds, yeah. five-year-olds, Fuck garden yeah. gnomes, astronauts, you fucking name it. That's why I do this show. Yep. Is to grow exactly. as a person. Yeah. All right, George, All thank right. you so much for calling in. I'm serious. Send that to thank me, out, and I'll give you um some notes on yes, it, what I thought of it. You. I want to check that out. Yeah. I'd love it. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Thank you both. All righty. And we are out of here. We'll be kicking off some Halloween episodes coming soon. So stay tuned at the, where should everyone go? www.tincan.media. That's all you have to type in. Or you can also find us on the castbox.fm app and also on iTunes. Just look for Kettle of Fish or Musical Osmosis. Sweet. All righty, guys. We are out of here. Good night, America. Oh,